This is Live Well Talk on genetics and prostate cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. When people think of genetics and cancer, the first thing that comes to mind is perhaps some familial colon cancer syndromes, as well as certainly breast cancer and the, uh, the genetic uh, risk for that. But did you know that prostate cancer is just as likely to have a genetic basis as breast cancer? Return to the podcast today to talk about this is Julie Thompson, genetic nurse practitioner at NASF Community Cancer Center. Julie, welcome back. Thanks. When I saw this on my schedule, um, and I think a prostate cancer is two types. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the the young man that gets it in the their forties and fifties, and it's that's not a good diagnosis, right? And then you have the ninety year old that dies with it from something else, right? The, the, I mean, that, in my mind, that's how I can. I didn't. I, didn't, I was completely unaware that uh, there was a genetic aspect to it. Uh, the, completely unaware. I was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, it is something that, you know, when we think, when people, I think, tend to think of genetics and cancers, it could be hereditary. Of course, breast is usually the first one that comes to mind. It's one we've kind of known about the longest. And then, like you said, colon is another one that we've known about for a while. But prostate, yes, is, is definitely can have a hereditary factor to it. And in fact, when we think of uh, the genes, the two genes that most people have heard of when they think genetics, BRCA1 and BRCA2, cancer, right? Correct, and yeah. we all think of those as the breast cancer genes. But those two genes also have an increased risk for prostate cancer for men. And it doesn't always have to be a young diagnosis with those genes. And so it is it something that runs in families or do just individuals have it? As far as a hereditary cancer syndrome? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of to to back up a little bit, almost, I tell my patients, almost all cancer is genetic in cause. Right. um, Because what happens is that we have a nice set of genes that everyone is born with, and their two primary functions, they're tumor suppressor genes or DNA repair genes. So they're great, and we love them. We would like more of them. But what happens before cancer develops is those genes, one or more of them, get damaged in some way. And there are two ways that that can happen. And the most common way are damage to that gene that happens to them during our lifetime. And those are things that we know about, right? Right. Like smoking and sun damage and environmental things that we've been exposed to. Um, Maybe our lifestyle choices, you know, aren't the best. And that honestly is 85 to 90% of why these genes get damaged and then cancer occurs. But about 10 to 15% of the time, the genes are inherited um, or familial, right? So these damaged genes are inherited from one of our parents. And is this inheritance of prostate cancer like Huntington's, like your dad had it, you're definitely going to get it? Right. So first of all, important to know that it can, these damaged genes could come from either side of the family. So we, you know, just like with breast cancer, we tell people don't just worry about the breast cancer on your mother's side of the family, but equal risk from your father's side. Same with prostate. So if your, you know, your maternal uncle had prostate cancer or maternal grandfather had prostate cancer, yes, could be equal risk. And with, uh, you know, one of the BRCAs, I don't know which one it is, you know, where they have breast, ovarian, 
you know, uh, cancer together right. and, and uh, very, very uh, serious condition, of course. Uh-huh. It, it is, are there other cancers associated with this prostate cancer? There are. So we tend, you know, when we think about a family that may have a hereditary syndrome, um, there are red flags that we look for in any family. And one that you mentioned is we look at the age that people were when they were diagnosed. So most of the time, we tend to see cancers that are because of a hereditary syndrome, they tend to be diagnosed a little bit more on the younger side, not always, but they tend to be a bit younger. So even if we have a gentleman who's 80 and has prostate cancer, you know, maybe we may not think of that as something to worry about. But if his mother had breast cancer when she was 45, you know, or he had a brother that had, you know, colon cancer when that person was younger, then that might raise a red flag for us. Um, and I've seen that. I've seen that in some families. Yeah, yeah. We have multiple uh, first degree and second degree right. uh, relatives that mm-hmm. have some sort of solid tumor cancer. Right. Yeah. So other things, there's another a second syndrome that is not talked about as much. We talk a lot about the BRCA genes, but Lynch syndrome, which is a syndrome that primarily affects colon cancer and uterine cancer, but it can also have a fairly high prostate cancer risk. Oh, wow. So if we do see, yep. So if we see someone who has um, prostate been diagnosed with prostate cancer and maybe they additionally had colon cancer earlier in their life, right? Even if it was an early colon cancer and all they needed was some surgery, that might raise a red flag for us as well. Uh, so is the inheritance with this prostate cancer something like one of the uh, breast cancer syndromes where if I have it, I need to go have my prostate taken out? How, how does... Yeah, no. <laughs> because there is, yes. a, there is. Right? Yes, yes. Well, some, so some of our, yes. So for example, um, you know, women who have a high risk for specifically ovarian and uterine cancer, the recommendation typically is that once you're through childbearing, then, you know, we talk about having surgeries for that. Prostate cancer, a little bit different. We don't, we don't move right to the surgery for that. But like with any hereditary syndrome, the first thing we do is that we start the screening for that cancer earlier in life than you normally would have. So, you know, right now, typically what, you know, when you're around the age of 50, men are supposed to start thinking about having those prostate checks. But if we know you're at risk, then that starts earlier in life, typically around the age of 40 or 10 years younger than the, the relative that the relative's yeah. diagnosis. Same right? with colon cancer. Yep, exactly. Right? And then there are a little bit more specific guidelines for um, like consideration of biopsy if the PSA test is a certain number. So a little bit more conservative than for your average population. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, you and I have talked about genetic testing before, mm-hmm. not only on a podcast, but just in conversations. Um, and you always worry about like if you get tested for the Alzheimer gene and you have it, let's say... And every time you misplace your car keys, you're like, okay, here it's starting. <laughs> right. This is the yes, beginning of the end, yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it can be, uh, sometimes it's best not to know sometimes, you know, I mean, yeah, on some of these situations. But but what what tell us about the common person that you get for genetic testing. Well, 
there's there's not a common one actually, okay. which is a good thing. You know, it used it used to definitely be. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years now, and it it certainly used to be people who had been diagnosed with cancer. Those were the people that we would get coming in. But more and more, especially uh, around this in the Cedar Rapids area, our primary care physicians are fabulous about recognizing family history. And when they see a significant family history, um, they refer their patients to us uh, to come and talk about genetic testing. Yeah. And I also think that because genetics right now is such a it's kind of a popular thing, right? Yeah. You know, with ancestry and all those yeah. things that um, a lot more people are thinking about it too. It's in the news more. So that's well, all you know, good. I mean, you, you and I, have, I kind of know what your opinion is on this, but for our listeners, <laughs> you know, the, the 23andMe and Ancestry.com, right. yes. what's, what's your opinion on that? Right. Um, they're fun. Yep. They're, I, ans- the ancestry part of it is is great, but it's good fun. Um, the medical aspects of it, we would not make any medical decisions based on uh, what we call a direct-to-consumer testing. That's so. I think that's important to yeah. S- yeah. stress that again. We do not make medical decisions on direct-to-consumer testing. Correct. Because I think that's important yes. uh, to, to yes. make that observation yes. just based on, you know, um, well, I mean, consumer direct to consumers. I mean, pharmaceutical industry. You know, right. it's, it's every other commercial. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. And exactly. We want you to come and talk talk to us just to make sure you're doing the right testing. So, what, when when should I mention to my personal physician that hey, I think I need genetic testing based upon family history? Are there any other circumstances where I might say? Uh, I think mostly just just family history. I mean, I think it's a good idea when. Just whenever you go to your PCP, if there's been any new family cancer history at all, to make sure that they're aware of it. And if you can, uh, when you go, make sure that if you can find out like the age that your family member was diagnosed, because that tends to be important, and then exactly what kind of cancer it was that they had. And sometimes that's hard to find out, but the best you can. So let me ask you another question related. Mm -hmm. Sure. If you have a family, so coronary artery disease. Yeah. If you tell me you have a relative that your father died of heart disease at the age of 88. Yeah. Not that significant. Right. He, he had a full life and probably just part of the natural aging process. Mm-hmm. You tell me he did happen at 48. That's mm-hmm. totally different. Thing. That's different. So with like, let's say colon cancer, you have a relative that had colon cancer at 88. Yeah. How is that significant? If that's really the only thing that's happened in the family, no. Okay. It's not. Mm-mm. So again, just like heart disease, the right. the younger the someone younger has you are, it, the more worrisome. The more mm-hmm. worrisome you should be. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. What what are some can you I mean, I know I, if you don't want lung cancer, then lower your risk by not smoking. Right. right. Yeah. You don't want melanoma. Right. You, Stay you out of the pr- sun. <laughs> protect yourself from the sun. Right. How do you protect yourself from prostate cancer? Well, smoking, oh. not by not doing it, that's that's a good thing. Um, you know, just kind of as with all the other cancers, just, you know, maintaining as healthy a lifestyle as you can, um, trying to stay away from any chemicals or, you know, I always like to tell the story of um, my older gentlemen that I get in who are retired farmers, right? And they remember, you know, pouring the pesticides in a bucket and then stirring it up with their hands. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that was just the way they did things. Or I've had, you know, some patients who, um, when the old trucks were came by and sprayed for mosquitoes yeah they go out and dance around they go to yeah follow the truck down the street on their bikes right and be because that all felt yeah that all felt good so you know that kind of thing (laughs) um smoking is probably the the biggest biggest risk factor yeah yeah um that that's interesting Mm -hmm. uh because you're right and i kind of think on certain levels this made people panic i almost think it's too late there's so many chemicals in society yeah. that we're introduced right. to that we have no idea we have no idea right it's you know, so ongoing i mean i, I mean we, it's just yeah. they're everywhere yes and research is just ongoing yeah. i mean probably diet wise um the biggest thing that research is looking at right now is just the amount of sugar that's in our diet which is just crazy you know looking at the added sugar that is in everything on a grocery store shelf is kind of insane so you do the best you can. You know? Well, I, I'm on the public health uh, board, and so we get the water reports. And, we, mm-hmm. and Cedar Rapids is very good water. But they test some of the groundwater yeah. you know, in the state, and they find yeah. benzene and all these things sure. that shouldn't be there. And you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, uh, it, it definitely uh, – yes, we're lazier. We don't do farm work anymore. We have phones that we stare at all day. <laughs> I totally understand that. But – the change in our diet has produced some of this obesity, I think. I think so as well. Uh, it, it's, yeah. it's independent of, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, mm-hmm. of lifestyle. It is mm-hmm. just, I think it's just there and right. it's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So if, how, do I need my family doctor to make an appointment? You don't. Okay. So you can, so I can cert- just call. And- yep. You can just call the cancer center's front desk and you can just say, I'd like to have a genetics appointment and you can have one. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So why why did you get into this? <laughs> uh, honestly, I was asked <laughs> to get in it. Um, there was no genetics program at St. Luke's when I started. No, I know it's very rare. Yeah, we're, we were. Yeah, not we're very left- many of us. No. Yeah. No. no. So um, I at the time I was uh, working in like a oh one of those grocery store clinic like urgent care clinics and St. Luke's wanted to start the program they wanted my um training originally is in women's health and of course back in the day that's what we were looking at was primarily breast and ovarian cancer and so they wanted someone familiar with that so they um asked if I wanted to learn about genetics and hereditary cancer syndromes and sounded fascinating to me. So I, they hired me on and I uh, went, did extra certification through the city of hope, which is a research hospital in LA and learned all about hereditary cancer and how to do the testing and everything and came back and started doing it. That's fascinating. Yeah. You you were right at the, (laughs) The dawn of this. Uh, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I feel yeah, like it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, you were. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, Julie, thank you for joining me today. You're this welcome. has been great information, as okay. always. Once again, this was Julie Thompson, genetics nurse practitioner at NASA Community Cancer Center. If you think genetic testing is right for you, visit communitycancercenter.org backslash genetics, where you can take a free cancer risk assessment. You can also learn more by calling the Community Cancer Center at 319 558 4876. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers.
about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well. <laughs>